Hello and welcome to Light Warrior Radio. My name is Dr. Karen Can. I'm the number one best-selling author of Sensitivity is Your Superpower, How to Harness Your Gifts, Fulfill Your Purpose, and Create a Life of Joy. And if you are a sensitive soul, and that's about 33% of the human population, would love to gift you my Sensitive Soul Empowerment Guide, and you can get that at SensitiveSoulGuide.com absolutely for free. Now, today I have with me Adele Good. She is a friend of mine, and I met her through my community and through LifeWave. We were in it together, although we're in different teams. And um, she was mentioning about these sacred sites. I thought, wow, she must travel a lot. And go figure. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> That's kind of her shtick. And uh, I'm one of those people that have aspirations of traveling to sacred sites, but I'm not much of a world traveler. And I just, I'm the kind of person that needs somebody to hold my hand and go, go here. You know, arrange everything for me, the taxi, everything like that. Because I'm just kind of like this little child going, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to spend the money. You know, anyway. So uh, so I was like, oh, I need to make friends with Adele. <laughs> She's going to be my go-to gal uh, for, for future sacred site traveling. So let me tell you a little bit about her. Um, she is a sacred site adventurer and creator of The Joy Codes. And, of course, she's my guest today. And we're going to be talking about sacred sites and the energy of sacred sites and how so many are hidden from plain sight. And they are closer than we think they are. Um, and I, she told me about some that I had no idea existed. So that's super exciting for today. So Adele, after being raised in a family of four generations of medical doctors, she chose to follow a different healing path and spent years studying natural healing all over the world. She reversed many of her own health issues that she naturally released over 100 pounds, got off all her medication, has not even had an aspirin since 2006, which is amazing. Adele totally transformed her own unhealthy body, became a health coach, professional speaker, and eventually a sacred site adventurer. In 2014, Adele received a clear message to leave the United States and travel full-time. So many of us aspire to that, not me specifically, but a lot of people that I've talked to. So within three months, she had sold everything and put in boxes into a five-by-five-foot uh, storage unit and moved to Eastern Europe. She began a nine-year journey of exploring sacred sites on five continents, studying natural healing, volunteering with various local communities, and becoming a self-made archaeological researcher. During her travels while in Bolivia, Adele found a special sacred stone which led her to the creation of the Joy Codes, a culmination of her life's work which combines body, mind, spirit, heart, and community. She's learned to listen to these messages she hears from soul guidance to confirm her actions. She uh, has let it lead her with full trust and expectations of miracles. She's explored hidden sites, uh, sacred sites all over Europe, South America, Southeast Asia, Africa, U.S., Mexico, the Caribbean, and Canada, and put many puzzle pieces together. She loves to guide small groups and share her discoveries, and currently she's in the Caribbean, so welcome, Adele. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Dr. Karen. It's wonderful to be here. We've uh, been talking about this for a while, and um, I'm just thrilled that you invited me, and now we get to do it, and, and I'm going to hopefully wow you a few times with some things you don't know yet. Oh, I'm, I'm sure you already wowed me already, and there's so many people that are sensitive souls who are very, you know, highly spiritual and uh, looking for community and know about sacred sites and maybe have aspirations to visit sacred sites, but all we know is like, you know, Tulum, you know, some, some, you know, there's some, uh, uh, Mayan ruins somewhere and there's, you know, the, the Egypt and, but we don't really know like 
what's the big what, first of all, about it? And um, some of these places possibly have even been, you know, damaged and ruined, and we feel like we've we've kind of lost <laughs> our chance to go there. But you're here to tell us, hey, uh, no worries. There's a lot more that we don't know. So I'll I'll let you take it over, share a little bit more about, you know, something about yourself if you'd like to share. Um, and uh, yeah, I know you have a fantastic presentation for us today. So thank you. Thank you, Dr. Karen. Um, well, this has been a journey. It's probably been a lifelong journey. My family was pretty adventurous. And when I was 13, we drove from Ohio to Alaska on the Alaskan Highway in the 60s. So that was kind of unusual. And we went up to the Arctic Circle and we, we flew up there. You don't drive up there. But, um, and then the next year we drove from Ohio to Mexico all the way to Acu uh, Acapulco, which you didn't do that in the 60s and 70s. Wow. Crazy. So, um, very adventurous parents and my siblings and I all love to travel and we have found ways to make that work, even though financially sometimes it's kind of crazy and it still happens. So a lot of my journey has been based on faith and trust and just expecting things to work out. I had a lovely company. All kinds of things in my life were fabulous in 2014 when I got this message to travel. Right. And I had been traveling quite a bit. I just had, I'd go to a place and I'd have to come back to the States to pay my bills. And Ugh. I thought, what's wrong with this picture? I just right. So I ended up, um, literally, that's when I, I was in the islands with some friends and heard a message in my right ear and it was to leave the United States. Wow. And that was the end of March 2014 and the end of uh, May, I had gotten rid of everything. So my car, everything was, you know, spoken for. I, I kept the car till I left, but I had sold it. And then, um, went and said goodbye to my mom, who just turned a hundred and she was in her nineties then. And I'll just kind of wrap things up in the United States, rented that little five by five foot storage unit, which is really, you fit everything in there. You really sold a lot. I really sold or gave away a lot. Fortunately, both my sons had finished college and started their jobs, and and they had saved their money and bought houses the same month of May 2014 that I was getting out of my condo where I left. I was I was moving things out, so they took a lot of the furniture and the kitchen. Oh, good. That was perfect. And then, um, yeah, I said goodbye, and I moved to Eastern Europe to work and volunteer on the Bosnian permits. So how many? 50, I'm 67 now, so I was... Um, uh, six, 58, probably in that range. And, um, how many women at that stage of life? It <laughs> was crazy. So true. I mean, that's very inspirational because some people think, oh, that's for young people. And, uh, no, because a lot of times when we're young, we have these, I got to do this. I got to do the career. I got to do this. I got to get the house, got to get the wife, got to get the husband, got to get, you know, you know, the, the, the house and the picket fence and the whole bit. And you literally are showing us. Okay, been there, done that, letting it all go and, and just pure faith and trust and it's worked out for you. So that's so inspirational. Wow. Yeah, it's been, it's been crazy. And I should probably add because people go, how can you afford to do this? Because I don't know, to be honest. And how, and I, how many languages do you speak? I speak one, English. <laughs> I, I, I speak Spanish. I've traveled extensively in well, South <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And uh, when I was, I lived in Brazil quite a bit and I took Portuguese lessons. Well, Portuguese, if you know just a little Spanish and you take Portuguese, you don't know anything. It totally, for me, it wiped it all out. So I speak English. And when I lived in Bosnia and Montenegro and Bali and um, 
Oh, all over Thailand. I don't speak any of those languages. French. You can't learn French in a few months. It just doesn't work that way. So I just gave up the guilt and decided it was okay. And smiles go a long way. Yeah. I do. Hello. Goodbye. Thank you. You know, the, and, and maybe how much. You do a lot of like hand speaking. A lot of hand stuff. Yes. You <laughs> rarely tra- Google Translate. I try not to do that because it takes so long, and I don't care about the pronunciation and the. It doesn't have to be perfect. Most people are just thrilled to get to speak English or oh. to do the signal back. Yeah, okay. I really. In all these years, nine straight years, um, and even before that, but I've never really had a situation. Every one time in Mexico, I was in the middle of Chiapas, which is way south. I had driven down there and I had stayed in a little place and I ordered breakfast and I don't, I eat meat, but not a lot of it, but I don't eat certain meats. And one of the meats I, I knew, I didn't know, I ordered mushroom and an omelet mushroom, mushroom omelet. And the person next to me heard me say vegetariano because I say that so they don't put any hidden sausages or things in it. And I ordered something that sounded like it wasn't champions, but it looked like this French word for mushroom, which is something like champions. Right. Right. It, it. Yeah. it was yeah. recipper. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> That's true. The words are very similar. That's right. That's right. Whoever it was next to me heard me say veget, and I'm alone. You know, people are so nice. He just heard me say vegetarian or whatever I said, my version of that word. And I'm not a vegetarian, but I don't eat a lot of meat. I sure didn't want to eat grasshoppers for breakfast in my omelet. So he interrupted your order. Yes, yes. He literally said, "Uh, "Ma'am, that's 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 actually grasshopper you just ordered." And I already say vegetarian. So little angels, I call it the angels Aww. along the way. I've met yeah. more angels. That, you know, and so what if I'd eaten grasshoppers? You know, it's not that big a deal. But it's just <laughs> people that want to help. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Karen, that I have really found, being, an, as I said, you know, a senior, so to speak, um, traveling alone is a totally, totally different experience than traveling with somebody. Yeah. Because you're not in a conversation constantly with someone else where you're including a third person if you visit with someone. You're by yourself. And so the smile goes a long way. The, you know, sometimes I just want to be, I don't talk on planes. I'm pretty introspective on a, on a flight, but there's times where I do want to talk to people and, and you learn little tricks. Like my, one of mine is I stay in an Airbnb that speaks English my first night in a foreign country and, or a hotel, but it depends. I'm thinking back to Bangkok. I don't like big cities, but I knew when I got to Thailand the first time, I really had to find a place. So I find a place. The, the gentleman who owned it had gone to Duke University. So I thought, <laughs> okay, he's going to speak English. So, you know, that really helps. Then I can talk to him and say, where next? I want to do this and this. So I kind of have, a, yeah. I've learned tricks, so to speak. But when you yeah. travel with someone, it's totally different. It's There's a compromise, of course where you're going, what kind of money you're going to spend. And I can be really adventurous. I've stayed in very, very inexpensive places and had the biggest miracles ever because of that. Mm, wow, that's beautiful. Well, and, and I think what's great is having you here is many of us, myself included, have a limited perspective because we haven't done it, that, oh, it's dangerous, it's, it's a scary world out there you're alone and what if you don't speak the language what if you don't understand the money part like like even just I know it it sounds funny probably coming from you know for me to say this but 
you know, even going to the thought of going to the World Winter Olympic, uh, well, not sorry, Masters Games, where, you know, figure skating, this is what uh, my husband and I had planned, but we decided not to do it, um, partly because of what's going on in the world. Um, even just the thought of, I don't know Italian, like, was partly like, hmm, you know, but my friend's like, oh, it'll be fine. <laughs> I mean, I actually speak, you know, three and a half languages, but, you know, she's like, oh, it'll be fine. I've just been there. And, you know, but then it's just like that lack of confidence of and trust because I never liked traveling to begin with. I wasn't coming from a family like yours. I like to be told where to go and like in terms of traveling, right? Okay, go here, not here, you know? So I, I think it's so inspirational to hear your story so I can have a little bit more confidence and trust in the universe. Well, and 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 yes, and I did I never liked your type of travel. If when I'm with a tour, and I do tours every once in a while, I go on a tour, especially in a, in I did one in Thailand and I uh Cambodia and uh usually they're volunteer type trips, South Africa the same. But um there's something about that limitation. And so when I did South Africa, I went in a week early so that I could hang out and figure things out. And then I stayed, actually I stayed five more months, I think it was a month on tour. But um, I, my thing is I always stay longer so that I can go back to the places. Now, South Africa is kind of big. It's not like you're in a little, you know, simple area. But, but, um, and then that's when it gets magical because I've already, I know where I want to go back to. Mm. Usually, you know, in personalities, you know, I'm talkative, you can tell. Uh, you know, I want to, I, I love to share and um, get to know people and like get to know their cultures. And so, it, you know, that really has added to it that when I'm alone, I really, I've never felt alone, ever. Mm. I did have, yeah. I should share, when, when you were talking about your situation, I thought, oh, yeah, when I was in Mexico once, the same trip to Chiapas with the, the grasshoppers, um, <laughs> There was a lot of unrest in Chiapas, and I didn't know it. And I was going down. I'd been I'd driven from Mexico City to Palenque, rented a car, and I was going down to this waterfall. At this waterfall, I met these two couples, and they were from Mexico City. And they said, and we're the only three, only five people at this waterfall. It was beautiful, Blue Lagoon. And um, they said, um, they asked me how I got there because I'm by myself in the middle of nowhere. And I said, oh, I drove from Mexico City. And they said, we didn't even drive from Mexico City. We would not drive from Mexico City down here. It's not safe. I'm like, it was a highway the whole way. It didn't seem not safe most of the way. So then they told me there was a lot of unrest in Chiapas that, at that point and it, on the way down. And that, um, basically one of them, it was two couples. I followed them in their car and then, we met at another waterfall and then I, they said, where are you going? Cause they were going to reroute. And, and I said, well, I'm going to follow you again. And they didn't like my driving in the mountains, which were like this. And I drive really slow compared to them. It, and, um, one of the men got in my car and drove. They, one of the women came over and said, would you let my husband drive your car? And I said, absolutely. And I've never let anyone drive a rental car that it wasn't on the rental car, you know, rent wasn't signed up for it. Anyway, there were two, there were guns, there were machine guns, not machine guns, there was, we had two roadblocks where there wow. were n wooden things with nails sticking up. Oh my gosh. And you had to pay a toll of a hundred uh, pesos to go over it. So I had given the man some money, but I only had three twenties and a 50. So he gives him 110 and I'm sitting there in the car. He's, me he's Mexican. I'm just trying to be as discreet as possible. And they were attorneys. One of them was an attorney. I mean, they were professional 
you know, from Mexico, but professionals. And um, I'm sitting there trying to disappear while the guy with the ski mask and a gun in his arm, a long oh, gun, man. is taking the money from him. And he gave him 120 uh, pesos, and the guy gave him change. <laughs> now, he was just trying to get attention. For, they, And it's a whole other platform, but um, these people... They come in and they bring them schools and water and different things, and then they don't service them. And so they're just trying to get attention with a lot of the the, uh, the upheaval. And I've seen a lot of that in Peru. But anyway. so they're not really trying to harm people; they're just yeah. trying to survive. Survive, make it yeah. get, get water, yeah. fresh water for their families because it's been brought in, and then they cut it off. I've seen this all over the world. Oh, it's awful. So yeah, so sad. So anyway, but let's get on to our. The, the show, so to speak. All right. All right. Yeah. So tell us about sacred sites and some of the ones we don't know about what you've discovered. Okay. What I'm going to do is actually share a slide presentation I did. And how much time do we have, Dr. Karen? Well, um, we can have as long as you have. <laughs> okay. Well, I have way more slides than we have time for. <laughs> Yeah, so, we want, uh, while while we're doing this, uh, just keep in mind that folks that are listening in on the podcast, there will be a link below where you can actually look at the slides uh, on YouTube uh, on our YouTube channel. And um, when when the uh, when the when the recording is up, uh, they won't be able to see our faces. Just so you know, so if you're gesturing with your hands, they won't be able to see you on the recording. Okay, perfect. So right now, it's just the, it's just the screen. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. Okay, thank you. So I call this Mysteries of Gaia, Sacred Sites Hidden in Plain View, Connecting mm -hmm. the Ancient World. I want to, um, Dr. Karen, you said, you've been to Mexico, right? Have you been to uh -huh. the Tulum? No, okay. I have not. Well, I, was, I, I won the trip to Tulum, but refused to go because of the jibby. Well, anyway, because of the mandates that I refused to do. Totally understand. So what I'm showing is just a picture from Coba. It's one of the sites in, in near Tulum, actually. I was staying in Tulum. Oh. I'm sure that was the site. And I want you to look way in the distance, and you can see some little – can you see my cursor? Or my, yes. Um, okay. See those little things way out there in the jungle? Yeah, they're kind of poking out. Yeah, isn't that interesting? And that's kind of what a lot of the – the ancient sites look like when they're in the jungle covered by jungle. And mm -hmm. that's what this is. It's some, obviously it's some type of man-made structure and it's got trees all around it. It's overgrown. So I'm just going to show a few overgrown things. This is in Cambodia, Angkor Wat. And look how those tree roots have grown over this beautiful building. That's wow. what a lot of them look like. Once they remove the tree roots, they are destroyed. So something to keep in mind that these ancient, ancient sites, and I'm going to preface and say, we're told a lot of these sites are hundreds of years old or thousands of years old. I beg to differ. I think they're 20 plus thousand years old, maybe 26,000. Very old. Not all of them, but certainly the big pyramids that we see. This is one, of, this is the largest pyramid on planet Earth. And it's in Bosnia, and you've heard me speak of this, Dr. Karen. Um, it actually goes, this is the top. There was a castle on the top. There are remains of a castle. What? Yes. And see this incline. Oops, oops, oops. This incline goes all the way down. Yeah. There's a river way down here. If That is all part of the pyramid system. It goes way wow. down there. It probably goes just as far down over here. And most, as anyone who's studied pyramids at all or been to Egypt, there is just as much a below ground as there is above. Usually, That's the what I heard. 
Yep, the chambers. And I'm going to show some of that. I want to preface in case I don't mention it when I talk about the tunnels in Bosnia. They are not under this pyramid. They have done testing that shows there are at least seven layers of tunnels and chambers in this structure. This is called the Pyramid of the Sun. Um, although they are, they are not able, when I start talking about the Ravni, they're way over here about a mile, the Ravni tunnels. And it's part of the political mess that Dr. Samira Smanagic, who discovered these in 2005, has had to, um, in just the way he's had to be finessed, so to speak, through people to be able to do what he's doing. And part of it is that he has, he's not able to dig directly into the side of the, the pyramid. So, oh. I, yeah. so wait a second. So are you saying that, that so there is or isn't tunnels inside that? There are tunnels inside this, and there's tunnels oh. under the whole village. I've been in some way down here in the, under the oh, river. Okay. But the the government has made this very challenging. So he is ah. actually approaching the pyramid from over here, ah. underground. He is there is work being done on the pyramids on the side, and I'll show that in a little bit. But as far as I'm going to use the word allowing, and and I'm not. And Dr. Samir doesn't want to go dig this whole thing up like they've done in Mexico. It's too much. It's massive. Look at these little, little houses over here. Yeah. It's yeah. huge. It's absolutely right. huge. Like I yeah, said, there was huge. a castle up here. on the. And I should say before I go any further, because I, I like to educate people, every pyramid on the planet that I've ever seen and that I know of is flat on the top, which I bet you didn't realize that because most people don't. Now I hear that there's there was... A capstone <laughs> that is removed, destroyed, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense to me because a pyramid is supposed to be a pyramid. It's supposed to come to a point. Except, you're right, except, and I forget the shape. I think it's a rhombus. Um, yeah. It's supposed to go to a point, and they don't. And I've, I've seen, even in Egypt, they're flat on the top. If you do some digging, and, and they say the capstones are missing, but... I, I don't know. All I know is that they're flat on the top. So I have but actually. They don't look like it in the pictures. Are they, they all pictures? Like Even Egypt does it. But if you look from a higher version, you can tell. It's, it's very interesting. In Mexico, same thing. Mexico, there's chambers up there. Thailand. Um, wow. Malaysia, all of them are, they're flat on the top. Well, I just thought they were broken. <laughs> well, this one actually, um, the castle is in very disrepair, but the Bosnian government to keep Dr. Dr. Osmani Samir from building and doing anything up there covered up overnight in the dark. They did some building up there to supposedly cover up the castle. And there, I'm sure there was an entrance that has been covered up and now it can't be touched because it's, it's a, it's a castle. It's, uh, it's protected under some, hmm. I anyway, it's very political. Um, wow. I want to share something that I was blessed to get to do this past May. A woman named Julie Ryder, and I love that it's, she's a female, has been discovering for 11 years. She's been working with megaliths up in Montana. And there are over, and I can't believe this to even say it, but think of Egypt as one site in Egypt. There's lots. Think of the, the Bosnian or the Egyptian pyramids in Giza in Egypt. That is one of Egypt's sites. There's Luxor. There's the Valley of the Kings. There's all kinds of sites in Egypt. Just in Montana, in a thousand square... Mm, I'm going to get it wrong. It can't be miles. 
in a in a small area in Montana, there are 110 sites. Wow. So Giza pyramids is one site in Egypt. There are over 110 that she has logged. I'm, I give this woman credit, and I still I have thousands of photos. And when I went to look through them, they're overwhelming to me. So I just picked a few favorites. This is Julie. Oh, okay. This is a structure, this shape. Does it look feminine to you, the middle one? Hmm, it looks like a grandma. Grandma, yeah. And this is all over. I'm going to show a photo later in France, a very similar looking structure. These are called megaliths. They're tall rock structures, some natural, some natural and enhanced. That's what a lot of them us call them, is enhanced. Mm. In that they are, they were put there somehow by Mother Earth, but they have been somehow changed in the mix. So you'll mm. I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. Oops. Well, I tried to move something around and it didn't work. Could, hmm. Well, and I just want to remind folks that if you're listening here on the podcast, you're like, what pictures? I'm not seeing pictures. Don't worry about that. We actually are going to post the YouTube video underneath the audio version so you can see the video version if you'd like. Thank you. Um, so look at this structure. This is really calls this a Tyrannosaurus Rex, and it's massive, the whole thing. And you can't see it in this photo. I, I My photos just don't do it justice. But I want you to look right in there, Dr. Karen. Do you see something strange? Um, there's like a little statue of a man sitting down or something. There is. Look at him right here. Yep. He's and like, like a of him. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> is that a petrified person? <laughs> How big is that? Oh no, that's a really big person. Because the trees, the treetops right there. So yes. this is not our size. This is much no. bigger than the size of that's a human. A good point. I hadn't realized that. You're, that's right. And the crazy part, Julie has been back there dozens of times since the day she and I went. I'm the one that happened to see it. She oh. has never seen it again. She let me name him. I named him Seated Man, which isn't a very good title. I think I should call him Commander or something. But, but yeah, Julie let, Julie had never seen him and she's still never seen him. That was in May. She goes back all the time. It's right off a highway. She's never seen it again from that view. Isn't that great? What what does that mean? It means the lighting has to be perfect. I mean, it's very clear right here. Yeah, very clear at the man. Yeah, I, I have a really good camera that I travel with. It's mm. just a little uh, Canon, but it has a 40 times zoom, so I can zoom in. And that's mm. how I have to find him. But I just, wow. I love to share this little guy with people because he's in this massive complex that you would never realize, you know, he was just hiding in there. I don't know what, there we go. This is another one that Julie took us to, and that's actually Gregory Mascari. <laughs> looking oh, that's Gregory. <laughs> he in Montana for a few days, or a little uh, few weeks but this is a mega uh, this is called a dome and dr karen i don't know if you mm-hmm. are not very well known around the world but they're all over i've seen them in france they're um oh they're all they're scattered around europe stonehenge was said to have been a dolmen in the past because it had a top on it oh like, right and this is really tall it's probably 30 feet up this does not look like a natural stone to me does it to you looks like a log but it's not a log. It's made of stone. Stone, yes. So, and this, the fact that this is balanced up here, these are all balanced in very specific ways. It's rather interesting. Here's another one. This is just one of the stone formations. Stones don't do this. See this up here? Yeah, it's kind of like cut, cut perfectly straight down and uh, 
connected, like there's glue there. Exactly. Yeah, that, that it's like somebody stacked them, but it's just really big, like an anukshuk, but just really big. <laughs> yes, and it's probably fifty feet tall. Wow, crazy! Um, here, I wanted to show this over here. Looks kind of like that figurine I showed you earlier that I think of. It. I call her Mother Earth when I see her around the world. There's lots of feminine, just look large mass looking, um, like older women, kind of with maybe. Something, but I want you to look right here. Do you see something kind of interesting in that area? Yeah, it um, over there. It does look like another person facing us. But the funny thing is, like you can almost see there's two arms. Like the one arm is like up, and the other one looks like it's holding something. Maybe even a baby or a basket. Could be. This is him. Okay. Okay. Sting. And yep. there he is. I mean, this is not natural, the way he's seated into this. It's uh -huh. just can't be natural. Um, there's something really special about the Montana megaliths. And mm -hmm. I should say there's over, when I was doing my research, when I went up to the, I went to see the um, Great Serpent Mound in Ohio last December. And I had, I'm from Dayton, Ohio, and I had been there as a child and I wanted to go back. And when I went back and was doing some research, I read there were over a million ancient sites in the United States alone that most of them had been covered up and there's a hundred thousand left. Isn't that fascinating? Whoa. And a then, million down to a hundred thousand? Oh my goodness. Well, and part of that is when, and think about it, practicality, and this happens all the time with, um, with sacred sites and other types of things where, you know, a builder in all honesty buys a piece of land and then they start digging and let's say they're putting an office building in and they find something that they know is not supposed to be dug up. Do they claim, tell somebody and then donate the land back to charity, which is kind of what happens in a lot of these places. Um, they, you know, it's, it's an awkward situation. So well, how do they even know there's a million that's what I was curious. There was, um, huh. you know, I wondered the same thing when I read it, but when I think of all the sites that I've driven by in the United States, the mounds and the odd looking things, what did you just tell me before we started the call today? You were in Aruba. What did you think, know you saw in the distance? Yeah. So Aruba was pretty flat as an island and we were on a kind of a hill and a bluff looking down and, and I'm like, I said to the guy, I said, what's that pyramid? <laughs> and, and he didn't say it was a pyramid. He says, Oh yeah, you can hike up that, you know, if you want to, I'm like, yeah, but, but it's a, but it's a pyramid, right? Like it's, it, it looks, it's got grass on it, but it, it's a pyramid. I said to my husband, it, it looks like a pyramid. He's like, yeah, it looks like a pyramid. Right. But he, I mean, the guy didn't say, Oh, this is their word, but pyramid, you know what I mean? But it was so freaky to us. It's like, wow, it's just sticking out out of nowhere. Like no other mountains around, just got flat. And then boom, there's this pyramid. <laughs> Was it covered in vegetation? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, not, not tall trees cause they don't have a lot there, but it was just like green, green stuff. But there was a, there was a steps. There was steps. So I don't know whether they made them after like recent, we didn't go there cause there's a lot of steps. Um, and it wasn't part of that tour, <laughs> uh, but maybe next time we'll, we'll do that one. <laughs> I should tell you there are, over a hundred, well over a hundred pyramids in China 
that they found years ago, and they've disguised, I'm saying disguised with tongue-in-cheek, with trees. So that's what they tend to do is they put plant trees on things, and that covers them up and hides them. Mm-hmm. So if you Google pyramids in China, you will be very surprised to see what you find. They're wow. out there. They're all over. They're on every continent, every country I think I've ever been in. I've seen at least one or two sacred sites. So let's, um, here's another. This is a great example of a dolmen. And that's probably 30, 25, 30 feet high. That stone, there's too many of these stones balanced on the top in Montana to think it was an accident. You know, maybe one, okay, somehow a, a higher hill knocks something down. There's no hill above this. <laughs> And so how did it get there, right? Like, it's not like rocks can grow that we know of, like like a weed, right? That it just, you know, sets on a rock and there's a baby rock and it grows into a papa rock. It, it doesn't happen on our reality. <laughs> and no, and these are mega, 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 mega ton stones. I mean, they're massive. So, they're not yeah. just pebbles. But you know what? It just makes me think of all the things we did as kids. When we would have, you know, a bunch of stones to play with, we would stack them, we would like knock them over, we would, you know, make different things. And like I said, you know, like, um, you know, I'm from Canada, so we, some of the symbols that we have are from the Inuit. So we have these Inukshuks, and I always was gravitated towards it because they made it look like a person, um, the stones. And then we actually have our own little mini stone thing outside that my husband just naturally as a human just wants to stack stones, you know? So I'm thinking, okay, these are giant people, okay, that are stacking these stones for fun. (laughs) Giant, giant people. So maybe something from our past, right? Yes, yes. Uh, okay. Well, the, well, in the Men in Black series, at the very end of each movie, uh, spoiler alert, um, yeah, it's like you open a locker and there's just a bigger world and we're just tiny, tiny people in that bigger world. So I think it's interesting um, how they depicted that. Like, like our whole world is just a marble game in an alien society. Oh, my goodness. I saw that movie 40, 30 years ago when it first came out, but I don't remember. Yeah, that. just right at the end. Yeah, and each of those, right at the end, it gives you a little, like, bet you didn't know you were insignificant. <laughs> now, this is precarious, this particular picture. Isn't it? Look at that. And this is how many of them are all balanced in really weird ways. South Africa is full of these. If you climb up the very steep mountains there, um, there are things like this up there. And it's just crazy. How did they get there? And who would have, why would they have spent their manpower doing something like this? Mm. It's It's like an anti-gravity vortex creation or something. Because I can't, I mean, you can't have gravity, like normal gravity and do this like literally like a the giant hand of God, like playing marbles, but with rocks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> big rocks. Yes. You know, I, and I don't even pretend to know. I'm going to be on the lookout now because there's a lot of rocks where I am and I just assume it's all natural. And I never even thought to, to look at it with a more discerning eye. Yeah. Well, I, although my husband's really good at that kind of stuff. He'll, he'll actually see, Hey, this is weird. You know? Um, and I just thought, you know, somebody came in and just like cut it. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, somebody came to cut the rock because they needed a path here, but maybe they didn't cut it. Never know. Uh, and I, I'll just, this is not where I was normally say this, but I'm going to say it. I believe, I don't believe at all that the Egyptian pyramids 
stones were cut down in, uh, oh, I can't even, I've been there, I can't even think of the name, but the, where they say, Oshwan, where they said they were cut down in Oshwan, carried up the Nile. These stones are mega, mega tons each, and there's over a million to form the Great Pyramid. Because the pyramid is not empty, it's full of stone. In Bosnia, it's the same thing. The quarries across the way from Bosnia, but uh, something I'm going to share in a little bit is that they're concrete. The Bosnian pyramids are formed concrete, and it's proven. So some of these stones, you just wonder, and especially when we get to this section, when I share about Peru in Saksid Woman, they formed these stones. They have to be. I'll I'll share that in a minute. Mm, Here's another one. Crazy. That is not natural. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Again, it's like, um, well, you know, we have humans have a, have a career called masonry, right? And they're very good at taking stones and they put them and make fences out of them and they make it so that the, the stones fit in these little nooks and crannies. If you're a good Mason, of course. So this is what it looks like, except it's massive. (laughs) Yes. And why? It's not yeah. a wall. Why would, why would they do that? Like, what's the purpose? What does it mean? Yep. Yes, what does it mean? So the energy in these places is usually very wonderful, and I always make sure to take time to stop and meditate mm. and just enjoy it. This one looks to me like two white teeth. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And this, it's hard to tell. Back behind this are even more massive stones. It, it's just mind-boggling, you know, when you see wow. these things. And this one, what does that look oh. like? <laughs> It looks like a like a a child or a, a little girl or something, or maybe a and bird it, with a long beak. Do you see it? Oh, okay, I can see that one too. Yeah, I've seen these in South Africa formations. I was with Michael Tellinger and saw things very similar. I didn't. I I don't have. I'm in the islands. I don't have a copy. All my photos with me, but very similar to this. Uh, basically, like a two three foot almost carvings they have all over South Africa. So I, who knows, but just fascinating. Um, Very big. It was huge. This is when I, why I kept in other than it's kind of got that same shape of bare face, maybe. Um, Okay. Let's talk about Bosnia. Bosnia. I love to be an ambassador for Bosnia because when Samir Osman, here's a picture of Samir. This was, I, I first went in 2012 Samir uh, is a Bosnian citizen. He left and his family moved there and moved to Houston and they have a, um, a company in Houston. But his passion was in ancient sites and Dr. Samir or, uh, had actually been teaching Mayan history in addition to his family business. That was his passion to travel all over the world and watch, look at temples and pyramids and different uh, stru- structures. So when he, he was in Dallas speaking and he said there was a tour three weeks from when he spoke, he didn't announce this. There were 400 people standing room only. I'm in the back of the room and I waited till everyone left so I could go up and talk to him. And <laughs> told me about this tour. I said, I've got to come. I've just got to come. And um, it's one of those no questions. And he said, well, there's a small group coming out of Houston of mainly ladies and, you know, talk to this woman and, and you can come. So I did. Well, I want to show you, this is the largest pyramid on planet earth right there. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Totally disguised. You'd never know, but kind of like you said in Aruba, you knew it was a pyramid. And Samir saw this back in 2005 for the first time he was in Bosnia doing some work, a survey, and he saw this structure and he knew it was a pyramid 
he did here huh. researching, had scientists from all over the world come and do different testing to show the chambers. And I don't know all the equipment names. And, and I've been there when some of it was being done, but he had a lot of that done. And in 2006, it was on CNN. He was on CNN sharing this big revelation of the largest pyramids on earth were in Bosnia. Oh, an Egyptologist had come to Egypt or to Bosnia for three weeks to stay and study and made a statement. Yes, they're bigger than our pyramids in Egypt. Well, that gentleman called back to Cairo and was told to come back the next day and never mention anything about it. Well, it was too late. He'd already said his He'd already lost his job by the time he got back. But I don't know if that's exactly true, but he did get fired. So it he was got his, fired. What by the time he got back because he had said that on the show? Well, I don't know if it was that week, but yes, he he oh. was let go because of that. And every scientist that was cited in the CNN show was told to never speak of this again, or they'd never have a job in the scientific community. And wow. the show was never seen again. It was like it never happened. Oh my gosh! Well, then we know it's something significant. <laughs> Exactly. They don't want people to know about it. They don't want people to know that these are pyramids. And, and every time, you know, the mass media or mainstream media says, don't look over here. Now I want to look. Because <laughs> I said, sign me up. I'm coming. I went. The most expensive flight I've ever had, not first class, to get to Sarajevo three weeks from that date for the solstice. But I just had to go. It was this burning desire. And what happens with those of us that are called to Bosnia, uh, just like people that are called to you, Dr. Karen, in your group, your community, we are become ambassadors for this work. And so I feel it's, it's a big part of my life and work to share this information with people. Here's the Pyramid of the Sun again. Mm what Teotihuacan would look like under it, dwarfed. And Teotihuacan's huge. Okay, where's Teotihuacan? Mexico, outside of Mexico City. So that's it underneath. Um, I didn't read it, but I recognize it. I'm sure that's it. And this is what it would look like underneath the uh, the pyramids, if if it was, you know, by dimension. And um, I don't have the Egyptian size. I had all those listed, and I didn't share it. Here's different pyramid shapes that are found Mm -hmm. in Europe, mainly Bosnia. This one is the Pyramid of the Sun, Pyramid Mm -hmm. of the Moon. They are the two largest on planet Earth, so far discovered. I've seen some other really big ones. One was in South Africa, actually, but I'm not going to, that's not in my, certainly not in my financial uh, opportunities to announce different pyramid systems around the world that I've seen. But um, this is Pyramid of Earth, and it's actually more of a, they, they actually call it the Temple of Mother Earth now. And it's hmm. more of an elongated um, crescent moon shape, which is rather interesting. Hmm. Um, but this is just showing the size of the Pyramid of the Sun in Bosnia compared to Mexico, compared to Egypt. Pretty wow. big difference. Yeah. Wow. So, in comparison. Uh, this is the Pyramid of the Sun again from the backside. This is Ooh. an incident. And I slept the coldest night of my life, a whole group of volunteers. I was there volunteering in the tunnels. And one night, um, I spent three months there that summer in 2014 when I moved there. And we had a fire and we we did a little picnic. There's a little restaurant up there now. There wasn't then. And we spent the night. It was the coldest I could ever. It was just freezing. Um which is, Bosnia is cold, but it was summer. So it was kind of interesting how cold that ground was. But you can see distinct lines here. This is the sea. Mm-hmm. That's the side. And there's nine feet. I didn't say there's nine feet of vegetation on the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun. What do you and mean? 
of dirt, soil, and growth. Oh, okay. On on top of whatever's underneath. Yes. And that's because they're proven to be 26,000 or more years old. That's a lot of years to have a lot of vegetation dying and, and forming on top of it. Oh, I see. So you think that's natural, not tried to cover it up kind of thing? I don't know. Actually, I don't know. Okay. No. It's so big, it would be really... I do think some of these have been covered. I just... How in the world would they cover it? A flood might have done some of it. Um, In Egypt, there's definite signs that there was a flood in Giza. Right, I I heard that. Yeah. Mm. um, This is it from a distance, from the other side of the river. This Mm. is the most... Quaint, beautiful town. You feel like you're in Italy when you're in Bosnia. This is the pyramid of this moon, the second largest pyramid on the earth. And it's, you can see the structure here, but it's not perfect because of the vegetation. There's, this is actually a farm down here. Okay. There's farms. I would not have known that was the pyramid, but of course I'm just looking at the 2D. So at the what? I'm just looking at a flat, you know, picture as opposed to being physically there. But I would have been like, oh, that's a nice hill. (laughs) And you just never know. And that's true. You really have to go around things. I drive around them. Usually I've been with people in Brazil specifically, and I've seen structures that I knew were man-made. They're perfectly circular. And you can't tell from a distance always, but I have a sense. I think this is part of my work on this lifetime. And I will say to people, I, I remember a day specifically, but I've done it many times, where I say, there's there's not going to be a cathedral or a, or a castle on the top of that little mound, but there's going to be a cross. And there always is. That's how they, it's like the church has claimed that land. Oh. Interesting. And in, in all over the world, you find interesting structures that are um, with churches, cathedrals, or castles like in Bosnia on top of them. Wow. Wow. And when it's a cross, does that automatically mean Christian? Probably. Okay. In okay. Brazil. Yeah. Well, now Brazil. you got me thinking because I'm, I'm looking out my window, right? And we see white face mountain. That looks like a pyramid. But so I never maybe, really thought of it as a pyramid. I'm just like, well, there's a rock slide on one side and they've got a tour bus that goes up and they have a tunnel in there that you can go up to the top and, you know, and the funny thing is, uh, sorry for the aside, but I mean, I, I mean, to me, I'll have to look at it again, but it looks like a triangle. <laughs> and, and the funny thing is, there's one guy, I don't know if you heard about this. So ski season, right? One guy gets lost. They can't find him. So they got the search and rescue out, right? He's gone. So I'm joking to my friends. I'm like, eh, he went through a portal. He was found in California. No. Yeah. And it was like two days later or something. And I'm like, how did you get to California? And then the guy was, uh, the funny thing is when he was found, he was still in a ski outfit, ski boots and everything, and he was kind of out of it, right? And I'm like, ah, uh, portal, right? <laughs> and so they made some story about how he hitchhiked, you know, all the way to California. And I'm like, okay, that makes no sense at all. First of all, why would he still be wearing his outfit, right, <laughs> when he's there? But I'm th- you know, and... uh yeah, so there, there are some people that made some fun of it, and I think there's, they might have taken them down, but there are some signs that are like, this way to California <laughs> on White Face Mountain. And there's been um, a lot of sites of uh, ETs, spaceships. I, unfortunately, have not seen them because I don't look close enough to there, but, uh, yeah, some of my friends have uh, seen, uh, you know, alien activity there. So there's something about, you know, White Face Mountain. It's the fifth highest mountain here. 
Oh, really? Send me a picture. Um, and what, what's funny when you said it's out your window, I remember when I, after doing this presentation, I, I don't know if I was in Peru doing it or Brazil or wherever, South Africa. I've done it quite a bit around the world. Uh, someone said, I knew that, that hill outside of my condo or whatever in California was a pyramid. And now, <laughs> so here you've just said that with the portal. So maybe the guy ended up in that portal. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. In a little bit. I've got pictures of them in Peru. But that's fascinating. And we, there is a lot of ET type of activity around these structures. So who knows? Mm, okay, good to know. On August 18th, in, in August, the sun is behind, and I've been there for the solstice several times, but the sun, see that structure, um, uh, excuse me, the, light. the shadow. Yeah. That shadow is the shadow of the pyramid of the sun. Oh, okay. And on, in, for some reason on August 18th, there's something to do with the, the sun. That's the pyramid of the moon, the second largest on planet Earth, is totally covered in shadow by the mm. pyramid of the sun. Mm. This is all part of a lot of what happens. There's light shows. I could do a whole talk on light shows around the world, but all over the world, there are structures built, especially in Peru. You see them to, um, that on the solstice, they change. There's like a, a momentary little flash of light and it's the moment of the solstice. It's, it's crazy how the ancients knew these things that we don't know today how to do them. Right. And how precise some of the, architecture is that we cannot even reproduce today with all of our technology and AutoCAD and everything. Right. It's crazy. Yes, exactly. Um, this is Samir, Dr. Samir Asmanagic, showing the side of the pyramid. I mentioned the pyramid of the sun. He's, he's, um, he has been able to excavate with volunteers, and I've helped do this, uh, excavate some of the vegetation. In this point, it's only like three or four feet or two feet. Mm-hmm air four feet but these are huge boulders there's several layers of them and they're stacked very specifically um all over the side and they're very strong energy here's mm. volunteers we've got some oh wow uh, yeah just different volunteers they become ambassadors once you've gone you want to share this with other people but you can see these interesting structure uh, stones that don't look this does not look natural i've got a close-up of that here it was they're beautifully um you, I've got another picture in the caves, the, the tunnel showing coming up, but they've got texture on the top. They're, it's a beautiful surface. Mm. This is Dr. David, Dr. Joseph Davidovich, and he's actually holding a piece of concrete in his hand that he got from a sample from the Bosnian pyramids inside that Samir sent out. They sent them all around the world to different labs to have them check what is this material that the right. Bosnian pyramids are made of. And he said it was concrete. And the other labs wrote back and said, this is the hardest concrete we've ever seen. Where is it from? And concrete, gets huh. the older it is. And when told that it was concrete, when Samir announced concrete, he was totally discredited because we know the Romans invented concrete 2,000 years ago. So this can't be concrete. Oh, <laughs> okay. A lot of credit for stuff that they don't necessarily deserve. Wow. But I just thought that was interesting. This is the Ravni Tunnels. I mentioned the tunnel system underneath the ground that goes to the Bosnian Pyramids. It is called Ravni as in a uh, labyrinth. It's the Ravni Labyrinth. And it's definitely a labyrinth. And I won't get into this. I don't want to spend too much time on it. But I wanted to show a few pictures. 
it goes on and on and on. This is a and these are all like obviously none of these are new, right? Like these are not new tunnels that were made to go to the pyramid. These were there already. Ancient. And the reason as a volunteer, what we do, what I did that summer, I've done it several times, is we are helping to clear out debris, other stones that Mm. some civilization in the past came and filled all of these in to keep people from going in them. A lot of it's a big cover up. Oh, wow. I mean, and there are, it's a huge project. This is one of the tunnel systems, but it's really crazy because she's in this. There's Mm -hmm. water back there. She's filling water with the water from the blue lake underneath the the pyramids. The Dr. Emoto, I'm going to talk about him in a minute. Um, But these, it's like, how does this not come down on top of her? Like when we're in there, we have to wear hard hats. But it's like the surface tension is crazy how it holds the, um, Stone and rock, it's just sand and rock and debris, uh, or not debris. This is, was found inside that tunnel systems in one of the big chambers. Think of a king size bed. It's about that big and it's actually in the shape of an egg, kind of. This is the point. Underneath it is a river and the river flows in this direction where it's pointing. Now, we're talking stories down. It's not right below it. It's way below it. And this, this thing over here, they've done, they've done testing on it. It's got a, some type of egg shape right in this area inside of it. Crazy. And I was going to get crazier. Here I am. It is very strong energy. This is my first trip there in 2012. Mm. I'm just, you sit around. That's what those benches are for to sit around and put your hands on it or near so it. So they left it in place, but then built benches for you guys to. Yes. Okay. Experience. Yes. For, because people can come in and see them. Yes. And you mentioned earlier the healing process, a healing facility. This area now, this was, this particular photo was in 2012, but I was there in 2018 for a summer for three months. And there's a whole healing complex that Dr. Samir has built up there. Wow. But this is fascinating. This is that same stone from the side. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's ceramic, by the way. It's not stone. It's ceramic. Ceramic? Yes, and it has a face, and it's attached with some type of adhesive to the ground. It cannot be moved. It's or it's 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 attached. To, this is all attached to keep it in place. Huh. And, the, and yeah, and so stories down there are the waters. Yes, there are the waters pointing. At, this is at the one end. It's the points in the other direction. Yes, there are the waters. The river's flowing under it. Although the river, there is a lake that's a different body of water that's that you can access from this same level. I just cut this out. And it's funny. I just saw a picture from my 2018 photos of this same shape moved. They moved it, but this is, this is that, this is the texture that's on top of the pyramid of the uh, sun. I showed you the moon. It's kind of, um, it's probably if water was there, there'd be like half inch deep pools on it. It's textured, very textured. It's almost like, you know, like when we do um, uh, pottery, you know, or something where we put our hands in and we're shaping stuff into patterns. That's a very good point. Yes, exactly. Um, all kinds of things have been found in there. This is part of the Blue Lake. It's very sandy water. It is perfectly healthy to drink. Mm. I have drank it. And I want to, it's, uh, have you heard of bovis? Most people don't know what that term is. Bovis scale? 
Um, no, I, I'm not that familiar with it, although I know my friend Ken Rolla went down there to do testing and things on the water, and, and to this day, I think he still buys water from there. Yeah, I do. I have I carry a vial with me. <laughs> yes, it's wonderful. Um, but Bovis is, I'm going to read this real quick, vibrational quality or intensive, intensive intensity of radiation of whatever is being measured in bovis units. And I was, I didn't self-correct the word bovis when I, you can see the line under there, but they're units of vibrational quality, energy, and the average value for the home, a home or healthy person is 6,500 bovis units. Values below 6,500 indicates, units indicate a qualitative energetic deficiency values above 6,500 indicates a higher look at that number over here dr karen that says 40,000 yes 60,000 bogus i i i want that machine how, how does one get one of those to it's measure people dousing oh it's a chart and you douse with it oh scale biometer okay so you can do anything not just people and yes. water Yes, but it's, I've seen one of the chambers is 60,000 and they're not printing this if it hasn't been proven by several sources. It's not one person came in, it's several. There's actually, and I can't think of her name, but there's a dousing expert that is well known around the world that I met the first time I was there and spent some time with her. And, um, but they have a lot of people that do that type of thing to help with this, but just thought I would show that. And there's zero radiation. If there's a problem outside in the earth, you want to get in those tunnels. There's no cell phones don't work in there. They're very, the, um, perfect air quality, the water, the air, there's no visible sign of ventilation, but there's cool air flowing. Constant hmm. air. It's, they're crazy. There's yeah, a like lot. How's air get in there? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know. It's like it breathes itself. It breathes. Yes. It's, we, yeah, we kind of feel like it's kind of alive down there. Yeah. Yeah. Very present. I, the last time I was there in 2018, um, or 19, I was, um, I spent almost every day meditating in those tunnels. I would go deep, deep, deep back into the farthest chambers and turn out the lights and meditate. It's freezing. I'd have to wear blankets, put blankets, but it, it was powerful connection to Mother Earth. The mm. sound, hear her breathing. It's like, and and there's water that drips off the ceilings. I, I don't, a whole nother. This could be a, a whole, whole day or two. Did days you ago. swim in it, or are you allowed not to? No. This this chamber they discovered later. Look how perfect that chamber is. That is not just a random. Um, wow. body of water. That is not natural. That's channeled, um, obviously. Yeah. That looks like a channel. Somebody cut a channel in it. Yes. The water and is being transported. Water. Right. But, and, and you know, I, they tried to say this is all natural. None of this is, is built. It's crazy. Uh, mm. Here's a piece of it. Um, Dr. Emoto. Mm. This, he actually, the water was sent off to him. I don't know the year. It must have been prior to 2012. And it says he observed the molecular structure. For anyone who doesn't know who he is, he um, he's no longer with us, but he was known for many things, including when he froze water that had uh, different words attached to the containers. He They would freeze in either a beautiful shape or a not-so-beautiful shape. And was, do you want to add anything to that, Dr. Karen? Um, yeah, we know it. You know, a lot of people heard about him first through the movie What the Bleep. Do we know? 
And uh, in fact, the Ascension uh, 3 jewelry that I sell, we actually sent it to some of his students who are in Switzerland. Um, So what they did was um, I asked them, well, I asked God what I should tell them. Um, The first piece we sent them was a necklace, Ascension 3 necklace. And they had, um, uh, I said, well, make, you know, make an intention uh, and look at the water uh, for nine seconds. She goes, do you mean nine hours? Because everybody else that sends stuff to her, it's in the hours. I said, mm, God said nine seconds. <laughs> so she's like, okay. You know, so she does it. She looks at the, you know, the, 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 the necklace and then sends, you know, she says, okay, charge this water with healing. Right. And then, and then they separate like the frozen distilled, uh, the, sorry, the distilled water. They have the, the control and then they have the one she did and then they freeze them right away and then they look under the microscope and uh she did find beautiful structures and then the funny thing is this this that you're showing us here the bosnian pyramid water what's fascinating is it and i'll have to show you that it very much looks like it reminds me of the 13 chakra bracelet that we sent her now this one i um i actually infused myself into like i actually did it as opposed to using a uh, a piece of equipment that has memorized the healing qualities to do it. So I actually infused it myself and I thought, well, you know, I have to prove that me doing it is as good as the machine doing it. <laughs> so I sent her that and I said, okay, no intention this time. You're just going to put the 13 chakra bracelet around water. Uh, let me know how it goes. <laughs> and I believe that was longer than nine seconds, 30 seconds. It might've been, so this picture was the first one she sent me. Very, very similar. So, uh, yeah, so we the 13 chakra bracelet causes the, and it was this interesting, spiraling, beautiful um, uh, image. And I was like, well, I, I don't know which chakra that is, but <laughs> it was fascinating. It's, it looks very similar. It's amazing. Well, in this one, I'm looking at thinking this has gotten in when I took a photo of it. It's, it's, I'm down underground in tunnels with a flash. It's, it is, it's perfect. It's not, it looks like it's deformed, but it's not. It was beautiful. So, um, well, and I think the crystals we think of as shorted, like it's 3D, but we think of it this way, but I actually think it actually built, like I think the crystal, that's why some of it's blurry because it's actually 3D in a, in a spiral. I think that's my, that's my guess. Wow. Wow. Beautiful. Um, these are just a couple artifacts. There were many found, but I, I worked in the, um, wow. That looks like a washa tool. (laughs) (laughs) This one, there are shaped stones all over the place. I have some, but they're in Dallas that are, are in this shape. They're like formed. So if they did some type of contour, it wasn't obviously concrete they put in here, but they've done something with ceramics. These were used for some type of form, unknown. But yet, mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like a, a Chinese cleaver, like they're molding a Chinese cleaver. That's what that one on the left looks like to me. <laughs> it does. It does. Crazy. Um, okay, now we're going to talk about Ooh, it. That's going to be fun. And this, I was just... I'm an Indiana Jones fan, by the way, and we're going to oh, watch his latest it. movie on Netflix tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should do the same. Um I had been wanting, I've lived in Peru several times over the years, spending the whole uh, COVID year and a half I was there, but I'd never gotten to a place called Nazca. And I finally got to Nazca and hired a guide and he told me about a ceramic shop 
that had elongated skulls. And there were three of them here. This is in, a, in the village of Nazca. I cannot divulge the place. It was this, I thought if, if this guy's not legit, I'm a little scared because I was driving down a very small side street in a small Peruvian village with a man I didn't know very well. And we walk in this door and it's not marked. And But this was there. And as a medical doctor, you probably noticed the eyes look a little larger than normal. The eye sockets. Any... Oh, yeah, I got to hear your mute. Wow. wow, sorry about that. I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, definitely. They're, they're, they're bigger, and uh, even the nose seems a little bigger, too. And, uh, yes, the human skulls generally don't look like that. <laughs> that's, that's what I've been told. And this, I hear, is not Whoa. like Wow. That's totally. a lot of brain. <laughs> <laughs> this had been in his family for generations. Oh. And there are 200 of them in, this is an, I just had several views, but I thought as an MD, you would appreciate the shape uh-huh. of it. It's not natural. Um, I'm holding it. You can see how big it is. It was so hot. It, you know, ugh, it was so hot, but very excited to get to hold it. And, um, oh, that supposedly the neck, the hole where we would call a neck is in a different place than our skull. Does that sound right? Another MD looked at this. A couple of them actually have seen it. For Magnus, um, you know, I well, um, I, I mean, it, it clearly looks like they have it on TV where the the skull goes further back than the neck, because some people would expect the hole to be further back, but it it but for balance, it probably wouldn't be. So they okay. might have more tissue up front to balance that. Okay, well, I don't really- know. In Nazca, I was on my way to Paracas, which is where 200 of these are mm-hmm. in a museum. 200 in a museum. 200. 200. They're known. They're in a museum. They've been seen by people. They're on the internet. If you look deep, you can find them. So when I was there, Brian Forrester is a man that's known for his research in this field and others. He, um, he works with a lot of, he lives in Peru. He lives in Paracas. And I reached out to Brian and he was kind enough to reply. And we had a conversation back and forth, and he uh, told me the museum where these were hidden. No one would tell me where they were. I couldn't find the place that he told me. And then when I got there, it was closed. And I, I was in touch with Brian, and he said, sadly, it was he suspected closed for indefinitely. Oh. There's hundreds of these ancient, huge, massive skulls that are not humanoid. And... Um, Close. So just lots of cover-ups going on. Mm, um, that's so sad. Of, yeah, it's very sad. Yes. Um, just it's so much thing, so much out there is being hidden and, and kept away from the public for who knows why. We don't know exactly. <sighs> Suspicions. But I want to talk about Inca walls. And I say Inca. Um, I've been going to Peru since 2011, one of my favorite countries. I, I've, I've go any chance I can. And, um, the Inca were there 500 years ago, and they are credited with almost all of the building that's gone on in Peru. The Inca are get credit. Oh, that was built by the Inca. Well, when you see, there's over a thousand sacred sites in Peru now. Most of them have not been exposed, but mm-hmm. I've seen this, and it's massive. And you drive by and you go, well, there's a pyramid, or there's a structure, or there's a half-exposed one. It's very obvious. So very interesting that... um that it's just being hidden. So, you know, well, first of all, it's the funding to, to do the research and they've got big enough places that are, are being exposed. But 
Inca walls are not just in Peru, and they're not 500 years old. They're much older. So I'm going to show mm-hmm. a few things. This is Oyentin Tambo, and it's a very famous wall. If you walk up a lot of terraces to get there, um, and no one knows exactly what these things are. They could be part of timekeepers because they have some similar things as far as knowing the time, what, how long the shadows are, how deep mm-hmm. they are. And, and people say, oh, they were used to hold them and move them, but most of them don't have these. So, but look at the shape of these, Dr. Karen. This is not, see, even this, it's, these are the ones I said I think were molded somehow or formed, not just carved. And each one of these weighs probably four tons, three tons. They're massive. It's a huge wall. They're not just little. They're huge. So they're just perfectly put together like a puzzle. And they withstood earthquakes and all types of weather. And mm. they're pretty good shape. So what's that? What's that rust color? What is that? Lichen. Is that just clay? Lichen. Lichen. Like, oh. It's like a mold or a yeah. It's um, see, it's like a growth. Okay, I, so I thought maybe it was like some sort of metal sulfur or something or other. No, but you know, you see that on a lot of these walls around the world. So you do wonder if it's not something else. But but mm. I've been told. I think I'm, it's called lichen. Here's another wall. This one I'm just going to use. I didn't have any fabulous ones with me to to locate, but these see how these are formed together, very meticulously. They're cut. You can wow. see these corners. That's not easy to do. We no. layers, and you know we masonry today. You said it's an art. It certainly is an art. It's an art, yeah. But this that's is super precise. Yes, all of it's crazy. I've got some more pictures. It's crazy, but this is where. Somebody's come in and fixed this wall or built it higher for some reason. That's what the Inca did. (laughs) That's what the Inca did. Basically, they've done it better in some places, but, but this is perfectly precision. The stuff you see that the Inca did does not look, it's not precise. Uh, Because the Inca weren't around back then. That's right. This is much, much older. Much older. Now, okay, look at that. The angle on the right-hand side, it looks like it's so straight cut, like a laser cut it. it you're right. It does. Well, let's just blow that up. And that is it. crazy. Like, it just looks like, yeah, or it's molded, right? Like, it's, yeah. like, somebody just poured it in, but obviously they're, they're individual stones, so it wasn't poured in as a single structure. But that's, inc- that's in fact, it looks like two triangles you got there. <laughs> In the shadow. Right, it does. And the shadow, we're going to talk about sacred guardians if we have time, and that reminds me of sacred guardian. Here's another. Look how precise this is. Wow. And a lot of times, I didn't find one, but I was just in Machu Picchu in March. At Machu Picchu, there's things that have like a snake formed in them. Mm -hmm. There's actually pictures. It's art. Um, One, I know there's a, a hummingbird in one, and there's a wheel in another one. I've got photos. I just didn't have them with me. But you can see, this is once again Peru. Precise. But not, this is Inca up here. <laughs> yeah, not precise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's more like our modern day masonry. Right. Exactly. And it's thick. You can see it's very, several feet deep. But even this has been put back. Mm. It's not nearly as good as the, what we saw. Mm-hmm. So it's probably been rebuilt. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely see the difference. Look how perfectly. Oh, my cut. goodness. These and they don't know these are very common, these holes, and they're not straight, they're definitely 
there's a shape name. It's a four-sided shape, and it's wider at the bottom than the top. But these are even more than that. You can see this has got an extra cut in it. Yeah. I don't know if they were, you know, they say, oh, they were meant for icons, and that's where they would put, or food stores or whatever. We don't, we don't know. A lot of stuff is uh, uh, guessing. Um, this is at Machu Picchu, and I was there, as I said, in March. And this stone is ancient, and it's massive. You can, It's huge. These are huge, but this is really big. And you can't this, really tell because there's no person beside it. So. Right. Yeah, this is a person over here, but you can't tell. I, I would say a person's probably this tall. Okay, okay. So I'm, I mean, it's, it was really big and you're right. It's not a great picture uh, in that respect, but it's a big U shape that there's these things stick out on both sides. It's, mm. it's hard to get pictures. Um, there weren't too many people there this year. Uh, this is another look at these walls. See that same precision mm -hmm. here. This is in Bosnia, Darsan, mm. in a mountaintop, not even near the pyramids. This is what Darsan looks like from a distance. Okay. This is the huh. stone. Isn't that fascinating? Wow. Look at Precision, yeah. ancient, yep. ancient stones. From a distance, uh, these walls are falling apart. They look pretty precise here, but there's a lot of damage there. Um, and here, t this is a different structure than this. You can see this, this is a different stone mm -hmm. than this. This is more of a, um, I, I don't know what it is. I can't say it's concrete, but you can see they there's been damage here. Yeah. Supposedly 26,000 years old. Look at how they stick these little things. And it's fascinating to walk around and see the, the how these are made. Wow. Here's another one. This is Cambodia. Huh. Now, they, they sure traveled a lot back then. Similar I guess so. <laughs> now, the Cambodians don't have those other things, those... Um, what I, I like said, to, yeah, here. they almost look like uh, they remind me of the things where people have fake rock climbing walls and they put their foot on that little ledge to, to push up, but they're not real, like they're plastic or whatever. So that's what they remind. And then these ones are more like, hey, I'm going to put a stick in there to get up. <laughs> Which, you know what? I never thought of that. It's possible because the Inca, Inca, and I say that again with, with hyphens around with quotes, it. Right. Um, they had a very interesting, and I don't have photos of it in this presentation, interesting stairs that they used. And they were like a stone coming out here, like sticking straight out. I can't describe them. But kind of like you just said, it was. It would be if there was a step here and a step here and a step here, just with a stone just sticking straight out. Scary. They're real scary because they're just stones. But anyway, <laughs> but that was Cambodia. Here's... Um, yeah, see, what I would do is if I wanted to... Get up there, I just take some bamboo and stick it in the hole, right? Bamboo's really strong, right? Step on the bamboo and then take it out and put it on the next level and, you know, climb up the wall that way. That's the, I had never heard that, but that makes total sense. Um, I don't know what else they, the holes would be for. <laughs> wait, we can see, look at this is one big stone right here. I don't know if it's broken here or if that's, a, you know, I've got some more coming. Um, wow. this is a wall or this is a flooring and these little things are all over Dr. Kieran. I oh, didn't okay. Well, that wouldn't make sense unless it was on the side. So that's on the floor, huh? 
They are all over there. I don't think I have any more. This I just left there because this is typical of over here, especially something that I'm going to show in Peru. Some of the um, very precisely cut structures that they created that all work with the sun and the light and the, mm. uh, we don't know what they are, but they're, there's, um, a, this one's very worn, very old. This is um, Ooh. Java. Yes, this was interesting. And I, I don't know, this, these, I believe, these different things are somehow formed, the reliefs all over Asia, uh, Hindu uh, and Buddhist, in um, Java and uh, the oldest stuff, in Cambodia, in um, Thailand, Malaysia. They, but it looks to me like they are put back together. They're, they're made and then put together as blocks, like they could be moved almost. Right. So they have the, the art artistry purposefully. It's not just a structure to hold a wall together. There's art, there's art in there and it looks like it's put together like bricks with, with those, you know, formed in one place and put together bricks. Yes. This is what I, this is amazing in Thailand. And, um, I can't think it, it, this was the, the original capital of Thailand starts with an A and I can't think of the name right now, but I went in this chamber and it's a sound chamber. It's amazing. Mm. Look at the wall down here. I was so excited because I found one of the ancient walls. You don't see this very often in, uh, at least this is my first experience in Thailand seeing them. There it is. Look at this one. It's an upside down T shape. Hmm. It's crazy. Uh, totally different material. This is the chain, the stairs, which I went down these and it was like, there was a wall here. I'm looking, I'm, standing at eye level, looking at a wall. And then I looked down and it's open about a few feet at the bottom. And I had to crawl under very similar to the chamber, the great pyramid of Egypt. Anyone that's been there, you have to crawl under some stuff and they're all very dense. It's not hollow, but this was just, mm. this was the sound chamber. And wow. I did see there was some real interesting light that happened up in there. Here's so did you sing in there? I did. I, I just made no tones. <laughs> it was cool. terrible. I did some recordings, uh, not of my singing because I don't do that. <laughs> my name may be Adele, but I'm not a singer. Uh, but it was this little chamber. I mean, it's probably two and a half feet by two and a half feet. It's small. It's oh. three, but it's t- it's small. Beautiful paintings that ancient. You can see how old this was. Mm-hmm. So what were these ancient buildings? I don't know. I just know that I'm fascinated by them. Mm. But a lot of it do with sound. In Cambodia at Angkor Wat, there's lots of individual buildings. And they're um, they're very close to each other. And we played with sound there. And mm. it was definitely, they were all different. So there was something to do with sound and frequency. And we know from a healing standpoint, there's a lot to do with all of that. And we just had our sound health. Wasn't it called sound health? Yes, yes, and the sound health portal. So about the frequency and sound, and I, I can imagine that you know, potentially, you know, people could be healed, you know, in these uh, chambers. It's exactly yes, healing that, chambers. That makes total sense. Yes, um, this is Java, and I put this to remind me. This is at Bora Bora Do, and this is another one of them. I mean, look at this con- the construction of that. That's just not easy to do because they all have to be assembled. Right. Now, this is one of my favorite things. I'm in the U.S. Virgin Islands right now. I'm very close to Virgin Gorda, which I first went to Virgin Gorda uh, in the early 90s, 80s. And this is a very famous scene. You may have seen this, Dr. Kieran. It's a, uh, a lot, used a lot of times in advertisements. 
It's yeah, it looks really familiar. Like an, uh, it looks like an upside down pyramid. Yes, exactly. And these things are actually shaped like an egg. Oh, and they come down, and they're made of the material. And it's, this is not a great picture. It's really hard to get photos of these things because they're so big. And by the time you get to them, you can't get a photo of the the top of them. And that's the case with this one. This is. They always say this is a. Uh, this is in Virgin Gorda. It's called the Baths, and it's a very famous site. And it, when you come to, it's probably the BVI's most popular site. But when you come there, and these are people down there, you can see how huge these stones are. Mm-hmm. And this is just the bottom of them. They go up, 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 up. They're massive. And they actually look like eggs? Yes, they're like, up, not quite, but more with a point. So okay. I believe they're marking ley lines or or they're pointing down it's a vortex or something and supposedly the material that these egg shapes that's what i call massive eggs are made of is not indigenous to this part of the world they are not oh. found here and i i want to say it's limestone but i don't want to misquote um, oh, but it is stone not concrete definitely i don't know oh we don't know I don't know i don't know they um when I was, well, this is in the Virgin Islands. This, uh, this is the this British, Virgin Islands, yes. British Virgin Islands. Okay, five miles from where I am right now in St. John, but it's you can't. It's another country, and it's tough to get there right now. With or it was during COVID, I I was here and I couldn't get over. This is this one's actually in South Africa. Similar pointed mm-hmm. thing. It's different, but it's kind of similar. This is in Peru. This is at Napa Iglesia. Iglesia being church. And this is what I mentioned. There were some things I showed you in, um, I think it was Cambodia, structures. And this is, they actually put dynamite to this on purpose to try to destroy destroy it. A lot of times they're trying to destroy these sites. They're ancient. This is not 500 years old. It's much older and it does all kinds of stuff. It's a, um, they're portals. Yeah, it looks like it's some sort of, because uh, obviously you can't, right now I don't see an entrance to go in anything. But there's no physical entrance, Dr. No, fi- oh, right, true. No. I'm going to say another portal in here. This is the this is the big egg-shaped thing at Napu, Napa Iglesia. And it's, I wouldn't have, if I hadn't remembered uh, what I'd seen in the BVI, as well as in Cambodia, I wouldn't have realized this was, this is was. These are probably orbs. I'm not sure, but kind of an interesting photo. This mm-hmm. is the base of it. This is my guide and his oh, girlfriend. Okay. But, oh, but here, look, there's the portal. Look at that right there. Carved in the bottom of this stone. It's laser perfect. Look at the. Oh my gosh. That's like Star Trek. Star Trek. And it's a portal. Oh. It doesn't go anywhere. It's like a foot deep or th- maybe six, eight inches deep. Oh, yeah. Well, it, it completely looks like a doorway. Yes, totally. Yeah, so you're like standing in there and like, beam me up, Scotty. Yep, yep. exactly. Crazy. Wow. I had a... Oh. Well, the, yeah, I just, you know, not that long ago, uh, watched the whole Troll Hunter series. And uh, they had a, a, special, a special crystal that they would draw uh, the portal, the door... And and then it would light up, and then they could enter. Like everything, all the rock would fall away. They would enter, and then a few seconds later, it would all be put back, so that so the other people couldn't get in. Oh my gosh, fascinating! Yeah, probably some intel drops there in that show. <laughs> Everything's this, an intel drop. <laughs> <laughs> this is 
Oh, oh, this is another place. This is at um, Zoneke's in also in Peru near Sexy Woman, which I'll show pictures of coming up. I hope I think I've got some, but you can see these are carved. Um, this is Samir again, and this is uh, Valery Yubarov from Russia, and he mm-hmm. builds pyramids in Russia. And and I was traveling. I'm when traveling. did he build them? They're in um, somewhere in uh, Siberia. And they in this trip they invited me to come up and see them, but I just couldn't make it happen. Oh. So they're very these guys are best buddies, and I they knew I was fascinated by all this and very sweet. So this is another one of those, and this is in yeah. Cambodia, about two hours north of Angkor Wat. That's okay, that. well that is clearly an egg looking <laughs> shape. Yes. Yes, there's more of them. And, and look they're balanced. What- and I'm like, uh it's not balanced on much. <laughs> How is it staying upright, right? Put all these um, religious icons around it. Oh, I didn't show. I had some with Buddhas under it. They're crazy. It's like, how is this? These things are like 60, 80 feet. Yeah, like how is it balanced perfectly and not falling over and hitting whatever? It's That is amazing. What is that black looking thing on the left? I don't know. It's a lot of man. (laughs) It's some type of, yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's one of these, there's actually a, and I don't have, it's so close. It's hard to get pictures of these because it's yeah. not, it's, there's, it's not like you're looking back from a long distance, but there were stairs that went up to another structure, like a temple on top of these things that yeah. I didn't do. I ended up deciding not to go. Okay. How are we doing on time? We've been talking. Well, we're, yeah, it's, I think we're getting, we, we probably should, should end here, Adele, but you've given us so much to think about now in terms of getting to the, you know, the, the place about, you know, how, so when people have this pull to go to sacred sites, they have this pull to go to sacred sites. So do you believe that that's like the energy of the sacred sites? Like they somehow intuitively know that that's for their highest and greatest good to be in that vortex or the energy? Yes. Mm. And I think for those who have no interest in going, like you, for example, you, you would go, but you're not, it's not a passion for me. I didn't have a choice. And so Mm. I think, a lot of people are tech connected in different ways. And I think for me, I've never said this publicly, but I'm going to say it. I think I was one of the original builders of some of these sites in past mm. life. Or, or, um, who knows? I just, and to say that out loud, I'm a little embarrassed, but it, I'm just too attached to them, too connected. And as I said, in this lifetime, I don't know exactly what they were for. I just know they're very special and that there's generally very strong energy above or below them. I didn't mention Bosnia yet. They did testing and the energy from the pyramid of the sun, I think it's a nine meter area, which is pretty big, nine yards is a circle of energy that goes up and it gets stronger as it goes up than as it comes down. And they did that using that, uh, that scale or no, they did no. this with electronic equipment. I've oh, okay. done it several times. Some type of electronic. No, that was done. a lot of the things have real tools. It's not always um, dowsing. Yeah. But um, but I want. I mean, it was crazy. You could hear the noise. You know, it, it, so there's something going on energetically. So I think a lot of these spots are marking sacred spots below the earth. Like I said, they're just as special below as they are above. Mm. And who are called? Like for me, I didn't have a choice. I I. I've been being called to these places actually probably since I was a very young child. My family, you know, that was my parents were adventurous. I came into a family that liked to travel and 
those who go, I've, I've taken people and shown them and they're like, oh, that's interesting. Kind of like off my to-do list. Just, you know, right, right. And I've done that with things. All right. You know, I didn't really care about this football stadium, but I had to come see it because it's the biggest one. <laughs> football stadium. Never wanted to see it again. But for me, I go to these places and it's like, like in Montana, it's like, we've got to sit down and meditate. We've got to sit and feel mm. And I usually take my feet, shoes off. I often have crystals with me or different stones. So I think those that are called to visit them have a purpose for that. And when I, the first trip to Bosnia, I went, I'm sorry, the first time I stayed there for a while, I stayed, um, I, I like to go for months at a time. Um, I met some beautiful people and they actually gave me a gift and it was a verbal one. And they said that my job was kind of to be like Johnny Appleseed to go and collect energy and to leave energy. So I feel like the hundreds of sacred sites I've explored around the world in this lifetime, but most of them in the last 20 years, I have been receiving energy and then giving energy. So almost like an exchange, Mm. you know, that may mean more to you in a different way than it does me, but just, um, I, I think, and I think many people have that feeling and it's, it's really, sometimes I don't need to stop in, at all. It's just like, okay, I've done this one and it's, my job's done and I don't even know what it was. Or I'll drive by one and it's like, should I go? And it's like, nope, you've done enough. So, you know, we just have to trust. And that's where the, the soul guidance or the uh, divine muscle testing, you know, those come into play just to kind of, am I supposed to do anything? We just can ask and be guided. Mm-hmm. That's Absolutely. neat. And I think one of the things we're learning from you in this podcast is, is like, um, look around us, like, like pay attention because, you know, instead of going, well, one of these days I'm going to go with Adele on a trip and see all these great sites. There could be something close by that. Like I said, like, I don't know that it's true, but you know, I'm looking at white face mountain going, wait a second. Now that I've spoken to Adele, it kind of sort of looks like a pyramid. And boy, I did hear about all the ET activity. And boy, that guy did disappear, didn't he, for two days and found in California. Like, how'd he get there? Right? Like, all these things were all disjunct. Like, you know, and then now it's like, well, actually, that could make a story. And so we could potentially benefit from or have this exchange you're talking about with sacred sites that are literally close to us and we don't necessarily not I mean not to say don't go to Bosnia but we don't necessarily have to go to Egypt or have to go to Bosnia like you said Montana which is very accessible to those of us in the United States thousand like I'm and you can feel the energy oh my gosh yes exactly and every national park I believe has these type of structures there. Stone, like on this island of St. John, there are definite pyramids and structures are everywhere, but there's these massive stones. There's megaliths and just to touch those. So if, if Mm -hmm. all over the world, I know one time I was driving through Nevada and there were these strange stones everywhere. It's like, what is this here in the middle of nowhere? So just kind of just, Go outside of your comfort zone a little bit and trust and be open-hearted and open-minded. Just that they're really very likely are sacred sites in your own backyard. They're all over Texas, everywhere. Wow. Don't know it until you stop and and think about it or realize. And a lot of them have been destroyed. So it may be just the remains, but the sacred sites are there. That is amazing. And well, and I'm, you know, almost curious, like, how do they get destroyed? They're halfway up a mountain. Like, literally, you'd have to have some sort of bomber, right? To, like, 
try to kill some of this stuff. And when did they do that? And nobody noticed, right? It was like before our time. Anyway, so there's all these questions. Now, Adele, um, can you share with us your website and where to find you and find out more about what you do and some of the tours that you may be doing in the future? Happily. Thank you. Um, my website is Adele at Adele. Yep. <laughs> That's my email. Adele at Adelgood.com is my email. My website is Adelgood.com. And I have my trips I've, I'm working on. I, I had planned and because of COVID, I've kind of stopped things a little bit, but my favorite trips to do are Bosnia and Peru and Bolivia. Olivia's mm. all of them are amazing. So those are three places. If you're interested, anyone interested, just let me know and I'll, I'll get with you as I finalize some things for next year. The, um, my Facebook is where I post a lot of my activities and my travels and sometimes my, uh, hypothesis about things. And that's Adele Good. I think it's Adele R. Good. R. Good. Yes. And Adele is spelled A-D-E-L-E. Yes. And then Good is, Usually, usual spelling, and then the Facebook, there's an R between the Adele and the good. That's, That's how people can find you. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the, the, I work with the joy codes. I would love, I didn't, we didn't talk about the joy codes, but that's my passion. And that's a combination of body, mind, spirit, heart, and connection, community. And it's based on a stone I found in Bolivia. Mm. And the Carol Cryon from the stage said the word joy codes years ago. I was in the States 2017. And um, I went up to him and I said, and I knew this was, this is the rune of joy, the ancient language of rune of joy, J-O-Y, Wenjo. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, to, and I've known, I've traveled with he and Monica some. And I asked him, I said, you use the word joy codes. What was that about? And he said, he winked and said, that was for you, Adele. So I was getting a gift from Cryon. I can't remember if he was saying it as Cryon or Lee Carroll, but anyway, so I put it into a program and that's my coaching program. Oh, fantastic. So you can find out more at adelgood.com and uh, follow me on Facebook. Adele, it's been really wonderful having you on the show. One of these days, I mean, I, I honestly am not big fan of international travel at the moment with uh, the U.S. elections looming in the next, you know, year or so. Uh, but, uh, you know, will maybe shift and change the world for the better so we can all feel free to travel and see sites and connect with other communities, learn about all of our other human brothers and sisters all over the world like you have done. It's so wonderful. And you've been really inspiring. Definitely, I'm a lot less scared now. <laughs> There's nothing to be afraid of, Dr. Karen, at, at all. The angels, you're, we're also protected. Mm. The angels along the way show up to help us, so. That's perfect. Tell my husband. Um, <laughs> I will. He's, he's the protector of the family, right? So anyway. All right. Uh, yeah, thank you so much, Adele. And everyone go to AdeleGood.com and check out uh, what she has there, including the Joy Codes and all her, also her Facebook page, which is Adele R. Good. Uh, you can go there. And, um, yeah, well, you never know. Maybe some of the Sense of Soul Light Warrior tribe and, and I will, you know, join you on a future journey. That would be super, super fun, given all your expertise and, and history. And it's and uh, definitely Bosnia's calling me. Uh, I can feel it. Especially after hearing from you and what Ken Rolla said. And I was like, hmm. Yeah, there's there's definitely some interest there. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. And we want to thank our audience for tuning in as well. Until next time, we'll see you back on Light Warrior Radio. Bye for now, everyone. <laughs>